I am a coach because I believe anyone can craft the life that they desire. Welcome to the Coach Pony Podcast, where our goal is to help you learn the critical business skills that you need to succeed as a coach. And it all starts with learning how to get those paying clients. In season one of our podcast, join us as we interview six and seven figure coaches from different niches and delve into how they got that very first client and what they might do differently today. Today, we are going to peer into the world of business coaching with Laura Roder from Paperbell. Laura is a lifelong entrepreneur and founder of several multi-million dollar bootstrap companies. She founded Meet Edgar, Paperbell, Marie Forleo's B-School, and LKR Social Media. Laura's first focus in business was online courses. Listen in as we talk about her first online course, one of the big courses she created that has taken over the internet, and so much more. Let's get down to business. So here we are today with Laura Roder, and I am so excited to finally get a chance to chat with you and to have you here because you've done so many cool things and built so many different types of businesses. Um, it's just, it's great to be able to dive into it with you and talk about how it all started. So welcome. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. I have done a lot of different business models and I haven't got to talk about coaching very much. You know, I have software businesses and sometimes I'm on those types of podcasts. So I'm actually really excited to focus on the coaching side. Excellent. Well, I mean, I'm excited too. So we're all, I think we're all winners here in this one. (laughs) (laughs) So I like to be nosy and I'm also, I like to just get down to brass tacks. So I want to just dive into this conversation and start with our first question, which is tell me about how you got your first paying client. How did they find you? How did that go? My journey as a coach has always been in kind of the business coaching world, the online marketing coaching world. Uh, I actually had started off as an entrepreneur, as a graphic designer, and I was making websites and logos and business cards and social media marketing became a thing. And I decided to move to the social media marketing space. And with that change, that's kind of also when I discovered this model of coaching slash consulting where you can just talk to people instead of having to do something. And I was like, this is the business because getting paid just to talk about something for an hour is way easier than having to like code a website. So I was moving from Chicago to LA and I was like, okay, I have to find social media coaching clients, social media consulting clients. Um, And I was actually really bad at doing that. So I was helping my friend at the time who was an actress. I was helping her like figure out all our online marketing, social media stuff. So I'm like, okay, I can make this my specialty where I'll work with actors and actresses and TV shows or whatever. And this was 2008. Um, And at the time, no one was interested. You know, celebrities were not on social media I remember talking to my friend's publicist and she's like, her Twitter account is, has nothing to do with us. That's just her little like thing where she's messing around on the internet. Um, so I remember I found one client that was like a fashion company and that was after, I don't just like talking to every, I would go to networking events all the time, talk to every man, woman, and child, like just trying to find any client. So I did work with this one fashion company 
But after that, that's actually what um, led me to discover online courses, which ended up being a much bigger part of my business model. Because I remember the first online course I ever taught, which was your backstage pass to Twitter, about how to use Twitter for marketing, I made $3,000 selling that course. And I was like, $3,000? Like, I would have to get so many coaching clients for $3,000 and I could just do this online class. So yeah, like you kind of referenced before, my journey has been a hybrid of like coaching and courses and software. And so the journey for me ended up looking like really going more in the course direction. And then it was much easier to find coaching clients because I could source them from the people who were in my courses. So I love this story. I want to just get some, I like to get some meaty details. So backstage pass to Twitter. First of all, Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me that no one was on social media that we used to, there was an era. I mean, I can remember the days of my Blackberry, but just, I feel a thousand years old. Um, (laughs) But tell me, what was the price of that online course? It must have been around like $200, like $150 to $200, something like that. And what did that course consist of? Was it live group training? Was it online recordings? What was it? Yeah. So I remember I did eight modules, which now is like, who wants to do eight hour long modules just about Twitter? But you know, I think often, especially when you do your first thing, you're like, I can't believe anyone's going to pay me $200. I have to really go overboard. So I did it as a series of live um, webinars and then I would record the webinar and you know you could access it later online. So yeah, it was like live online teaching uh, and you know, people could ask questions and things like that. So tell me, how did you fill it? You said you sold $3,000. So you obviously got mm-hmm. quite a few people there at that $200 price point. I'm gonna do the quick math and say 15, but that could be wrong. Um, and so tell, how, did you, how did you enroll people in that? How did you find those people? So I had a small kind of list built up because before this I had been a designer and I was always really good at uh, like doing an email newsletter. I don't think I was blogging yet at the time, but I always was very dedicated to my email newsletter. I was, of course, early on Twitter. So I had built up a Twitter following of people in the online business world. At the time it was, I'm sure there will be some listeners who remember this. It was like, Brian Clark and Sonia Simone and copy blogger and pro blogger, like the whole online business and blogging thing was around. um, And it was a small growing community. And I basically inserted myself into that community. So I would, you know, follow people on Twitter who are part of that world, like write guest posts on those blogs. So I built up a little audience through basically like guest posting and blogging and newsletters and social media. And that's how I found people to sign up for that course. Okay. Awesome. I love that. So you built your email list through your network, it sounds like, and also by Mm. just joining the communities that were starting to grow around this topic Mm. and really being present in those communities. Is that right? Yes. Yes, definitely. So tell me something, you know, you, you did a lot of online courses over the years. And Mm -hmm. so your first online course was $200. What was the price of your last or most recent online course? And what was it? And what was different about it? Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, it's a it's a big winner. It's a Marie Forleo's B School. So Marie and I actually created that program together, taught it together for the first few years, um, and that was a two thousand dollar program. Um, 
that was kind of the last big course that I did. I still had a few social media courses um, floating around. Um, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of listeners have taken that course or heard of that course. And yeah, it's obviously a much more intensive, more expensive uh, kind of learn everything about online marketing type of course. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so, I've been talking to a variety of coaches and it's so interesting to see how the pricing changes, right? From your very Mm -hmm. first course to what happens as you evolve as a coach, right? First course, $200. And then as you evolved your online courses, $2,000. And, you know, so it's just, it's so interesting to see as we get better and as we are able to offer more and get more experienced, Mm -hmm. how exponentially your pricing can change. So tell me if you were just getting started now as an online course creator, because a lot of coaches want to do this, um, but you had no network. If you're, you know, back to kind of those beginning steps, what would you do now? How would you get started creating those courses and filling them? You know, I think a piece that a lot of people overlook now is it's really about making friends and making connections. So the space is a lot more crowded than when I started, right? And, you know, I do online marketing and social media marketing for Paperbell. I'm like in there, in the trenches, figuring out Pinterest, figuring out Instagram, just, you know, just like everyone listening. And I think something that can be tricky about those spaces is just they feel so huge and overwhelming. You know, it's like, I feel this on Instagram a lot. You'll create an Instagram account and you like, follow a bunch of random people and like you hope that some of them follow you back and you don't you don't really feel like you know them and what my experience is and was is that you're going to get a lot farther having a smaller group of people that you're really connected with and that can be you know both peers or people in your audience i mean so i think you know i can give a little tip for this. So when you and I first connected, I made you a little video message because you were someone that I wanted to like connect with on a little bit deeper level, get to know a little better. I knew because of our time zones, we were not going to be able to get on a live call. We made it happen for this podcast, but I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to schedule a call. And of course, you know, I think a lot of people now it's hard for them to say like, okay, let's set aside half an hour live just to chat. But you can record someone like a Voxer message or a little, I just recorded a little video on my computer and emailed it to you. And doing little things like that to kind of take the relationship a little bit deeper instead of just, you know, liking each other's Instagram photos, that's how you form, really become a part of a community. And once you're a part of a community, just everything becomes so much easier because people start thinking of you people start referring you, you know, when you have friends in a community, your friends say, oh yeah, she is an amazing parenting coach. Like you should go to her. She's the person you should go to because they have that higher level of trust with you. Yeah. I love that. And for everyone's, uh, just for the record, uh, Laura used the tool soapbox, which Mm -hmm. is a Wistia tool to record the video, which is awesome. It's a really, really cool tool and an easy way to to have videos and to make those connections. And I loved it. I thought it was a great way to connect, especially because I'm in California and she's in the UK and time zones are definitely not our friend. (laughs) All right. um, So I want to, I want to dig, dig into, I want to go back to the day because this is something that I think it's important that everyone who starts a business understands. And it's the first year can be Mm -hmm. really hard. It's really Mm -hmm. a new skill being an entrepreneur and being in charge of your destiny and your own and owning your own day. Um, and you have to learn a lot and it's exhausting and tiring. And I want to, um, 
just ask you, you know, what was your first year in business like? What was, you know, that lowest moment that happened for you? Can you take us back to that time and oh, tell us more? Yeah. So my first, I mean, where to begin? Um, so my very first year in business was I was a designer and I was living in Chicago. And by the way, I'm originally from Texas. So Chicago was quite an adjustment weather-wise. It was, it was a little intense for me. And I had quit my design job and I just did a total leap and pray the net will appear. I mean, I had saved a little bit of money. I mean, you know, I was 20 years old or whatever. I didn't need much money to get by. I had saved a tiny bit of money from my like $28,000 a year salary, but I had to get clients right away if I wanted to pay my rent. Um, and I just remember the thing I remember being like so frustrated by is I would, I would have to ride the bus to my client appointments. You know, I would like meet someone at like a local chamber of commerce, you know, networking meeting. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring you my proposal for my web design services. So I would go to their office and have a meeting and I would have to like, okay, I'm going to have to do the long walk to the bus and then ride the bus and then like the long walk through the snow. And I'm like trying to, you know, look cute and professional and my outfit, which is like not a good snow outfit. And I remember feeling so defeated because I remember I did one of those meetings like I knew I, I didn't get it. And I just thought like, this is normal. Like I knew that I was gonna have to do a lot of meetings and do a lot of proposals that were gonna be no's. And it was kind of a weird paradox because on the one hand I was accepting it, but on the other hand, I'm like, are you serious? Like I'm gonna have to do this 10 more times and I might get one of them and that's just how it is. Um, but I just kept going. I mean, I just kept going to these you know, neighborhood chamber of commerce, meeting people, trudging through the snow, and I cobbled together an income as a designer. I love I love the message of I just kept going because I think grit and perseverance are two just really critical things you've got to embrace as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. What did you tell yourself? How did you, like, what message did you give yourself or did you do anything to help, you know, help get you to keep going? Did you tell yourself something or did you have a routine or anything that helped you sort of stay focused? You know, it was exciting because I was doing what I wanted to do. So even though it was hard and even though it was frustrating, it was like, oh, this is, this is cool. Like I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I knew that's what I wanted. So for me, it wasn't, I didn't really have a hard time motivating myself overall because I was so clear that I was doing what I wanted to do. And I was, I just did not see a path forward at my job. So I'm like, yeah, that's obviously, like, that's obviously off the table. I'm not, I'm not going back to that job or any job. So this is going to work. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. The knowledge that you've burned your bridges or you're definitely yeah. you're committed. That happened to me as well. I was a consultant and, um, you know, became a coach and then wrote a bunch of articles because I was a career coach and still have that business and uh, about how much I did not like consulting and like how finding your passion was so important. And I realized like, yeah, those are public. I could never go back because anyone, <laughs> anyone would now Google me and find those and they'd be like, doesn't seem like you want to be a consultant anymore. Why should yeah. we hire you? So yeah, it's, it's really motivating. I want to revisit online courses for a second. I want to circle back to this mm -hmm. because not only have you built online courses um, over the years, but you've also done membership sites, which is something mm -hmm. 
I think a lot of coaches are also interested in. And I want to explore this modality a little bit. So could you tell us what are your top like one or two pitfalls with either online courses or membership sites that you recommend people keep in mind if they want to explore that business modality? So I think, you know, membership sites can, based on content, can be really tricky, which is always the way that I did it or tried to do it was like doing the, you know, content of the month type of model. And a big pitfall for me was choosing an area that goes out of date really quickly. So I was teaching about social media marketing and I would have like a screen share so I, showing how to do something. Well, as soon as they move the button, you know, from the left to the right, everyone is totally confused by the screen share and it's not helpful anymore. And I see that happen in a lot of industries where you, if, especially if you're doing something more how-to, you know, basically a lot of things in the online marketing world, it's going to become really outdated really quickly. And sometimes people go like too far either way. Sometimes people are too obsessed with having everything perfectly up to date and then like it's too much work. Or sometimes people let their stuff fall totally out of date and then they wonder like why everyone's canceling, you know, because the content is not really so great anymore. So I think if you can make your content a bit more evergreen, you know, like I'm uh, in this online course uh, called Present Play. It's like a parenting course and it's all very, very evergreen content because she's talking about different, you know, techniques for different aspects of parenting. It is technically a membership. She does annual, what's that called? Plans. Um, <laughs> or subscriptions, annuals. I don't know. <laughs> subscriptions. Yes, either one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she does it annually, which I actually think is a really great way to go for memberships because you're kind of taking off the pressure on both sides, like from your perspective, it maybe feel as a creator, it feels less intense, like what's going to happen this month. And she does have content that rolls out every month, but I think it just creates a little more breathing room for like you and your client that they're kind of thinking about if they're going to rejoin once a year instead of every single month. Okay. And what, um, what are the benefits of doing a subscription site? If someone was interested, what are the, what are the things that kept you doing it for a while? The benefit of a subscription, the really obvious one, is predictable revenue, right? Which is also the benefit, by the way, of having coaching packages that are subscriptions, which that was a really big priority for me in creating uh, Paperbell, which is software that runs your coaching business. I knew that we had to launch with subscriptions because a lot of coaches either work or would like to work on a subscription model, but sometimes they don't actually have it billed that way. They have kind of agreement, an agreement like, okay, we'll connect, you know, every week or once a month kind of indefinitely, but then the billing is not indefinite. In the billing, they're like putting together a new invoice every month. Every month it becomes this thing of like, oh, wait, are they, do they still want to continue? Do they still want to pay the invoice? Where I think for a lot of coaches, especially if you're kind of a generalist, like, you know, business coasts, coach, life coach, you can often be valuable for people for years. And I think it can be a great way to set up that agreement is, yeah, maybe we're going to check in monthly. You're going to be on a subscription plan. If either one of us wants to cancel, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about it then. Um, and I just do want to point that out because I think sometimes a membership site can be like an overly complicated way 
because people have this holy grail of reoccurring revenue. And it's like, you could just get like four coaching clients on a reoccurring plan and that could be a reoccurring revenue. Yeah. I want to, I, I also want to underscore that there's a lot of churn in membership. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you're charging people 30 bucks a month, you need to have a lot of people, but if you, a lot of people. if you have, yeah, four or five coaching clients and you're charging, you know, a thousand bucks a month to each or something, that's mm-hmm. a whole different, um, a much more manageable thing. And for everyone listening, yes. Paperbell is extremely useful as a coach. It's definitely helpful with managing your calendar and also managing your payment. And so if you're interested, please make sure you stick around because we've got a surprise for you at the end of this session or at the end of this episode, I should say. So uh, tell me about what it was your le- most favorite thing about online courses. I, I mean, I love online courses. That's what we do over at Coach Pony. Um, so what, what is it that you loved about running them? I mean, the cool thing about online courses is at kind of the inverse of what you said, you, you have to get a lot of people at $30, you get to reach a lot of people, you know? And of course that's also the opposite of one-on-one coaching. You know, they're kind of, they're kind of a great yin and yang because everything that is, I think, great about one is not so great about the other, right? With one-on-one, you have this really in-depth relationship with a course, often you don't get to know people as well, but you can reach so many more people. And I think the coolest thing about courses is actually those people that you have never even know are there. Like you have some people that are in the course that you know you hear from a lot that are very active, and then you have other people that you never see their name after that payment comes in. But I think the coolest stories are when you come across those people. Sometimes this would happen to me. Like I used to have meetups in different cities when I would travel around. And so sometimes someone would just show up in a meetup and be like, yeah, I took your course three years ago and it had this huge impact on me. And I'm like, I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't even know you were in there. So it's so amazing to be able to create content and have it be really valuable and really impactful for people at scale. Yeah, I agree with that. It is awesome to have people from all over the world that you have connected mm-hmm. with and to know that you've been able to reach and help even sometimes while you're asleep because they've been able to access your material. Um, And what is it that you dislike most about online courses? The thing I dislike most by far is that so many people buy them and don't use them, you know? And I know people always say, okay, well, it's the same with books, right? We buy a lot of books and we don't read them. And I'm like, well, that's no good either. I don't want to write a book and have someone buy it and they don't read it. Like that sucks. So that was very frustrating. Um, for me about doing courses was, you know, that people would be very excited to buy the course. People might be very excited in the beginning, and then they might never actually, you know, review any of the material. And you just, you just feel frustrated because you want to serve and you want to deliver value. And you're like, let me help you. You're so close. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that how oh, the rule of thumb is only a few weeks before people really start to fade away right? As the excitement wears mm-hmm. off and as the work gets harder or as life happens. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I agree with you. That is such a huge frustration because you're just like, oh, just stick with me for a little while longer and we'll get you there, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. But you can't do the work for them. And there's definitely less accountability for sure. Yes. Yes. So one of the things that I find interesting about your career is that you've done so many things. Like, you know, you casually dropped in that, you know, you you were in the beginning of Twitter and with online courses, you founded one of the most 
you know, one of the biggest name courses in our, in this industry mm -hmm. that exists in terms of B-School, but you've also done things like creating fame. You've done um, LKR social media and membership sites, and you, you created Meet Edgar, you know, and moved into mm -hmm. SaaS software. And so a question I have for you, when did you know it was time to move on to the next thing? Like, I mean, I can't imagine making the decision to walk away from, you know, B-School or walk away from mm -hmm. Meet Edgar, right? There's, you've done some, just some amazing things. How did you decide all right, this is the next thing for me. I mean, I'm a huge believer that we are entrepreneurs in order to be able to do work that we really enjoy and really love. And that's really fun for us. Um, I think if you're going to have a crappy job, have a job, <laughs> you know, like don't make, don't make a crappy job for yourself. Um, but yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck doing work that they don't enjoy. I mean, you see this a lot with like the client versus course thing. A lot of people will say like, I really want to get out of doing client work. You know, I feel really drained by it. They want to do courses or something else instead. I think it's really important to do work that you love. So if you have a business model that you're not loving or that you just got tired of, like that's okay. I think sometimes we feel very guilty if we're like, oh, well, I was so excited about being a relationship coach, but now I've been doing it for 10 years and now I'm burnt out. It's like, okay, you don't have to do it anymore. You, you did your, you did your 10 years, you know, it was, it was fun while it lasted. And so I just kind of follow where my own interest and desire and excitement is. And that's kind of how I make those decisions. You know, I think it's important as coaches that you recognize that you will evolve. Like you're, you're helping people mm -hmm. reach their potential through that. And through your own study, you're going to be reaching your own potential and you're going to grow and change mm -hmm. as a person and your niche and interests are going to evolve. And a, a lot of new coaches, I think, are so worried about changing because they've announced they're a specific type of coach and yeah. they feel like if they change, people are going to look at them and be like, you're not credible anymore. What would you say to those coaches? I mean, this is something, you know, that Marie Forleo has become famous for, um, you know, with the term multi-passionate entrepreneur, because it's something that's so true about her and, and resonates with so many people. Um, I just think it's very strange, this idea that people are going to be very confused by you having like more than one interest. I just, I've never come across a situation in life where you're like, wait, you have a dog and a cat? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I love <laughs> like, that analogy. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yes, yeah, some people like dogs and cats. It's a thing, you know? So I think yeah, when we look at our own business, we often, you know, put ourselves in this really tiny box and we're like, oh, I can't mention anything else because I don't want to confuse people. Like people are not that basic and simple that they can't understand that you might have done something different in the past or you might be moving into something different now. So I think you know, I just always try to remind myself if I'm really worried about something, you know, pretend that someone else is doing it, right? Because we often get so concerned about our own stuff. We're like, oh, I can't send send an email out. I just I just sent the email yesterday about the same thing. I can't. And then I'm like, okay, well, if I was interested in something and they sent me two emails, would I be furious at them or would I be okay with that? <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's just like, don't be so hard on yourself. I think, yes, like embrace the growing and changing and evolving. Yeah. I think when you embrace it yourself, other people completely fall in line in terms of that. And mm -hmm. I also think people pay far less attention to us than we think they do. So a lot of people might entirely yes. miss it, you know, and not even know that that's, you changed. That's such... That's such a good point, right? And I mean, you referenced earlier, right, that you have a career coaching business, right? And 
the coach pony business, like those are both successful businesses. Like I'm sure someone could come to you and be like, oh, that's going to be too confusing because they're both sort of about coaching and people won't know which one to do, right? It's like, yeah, most people aren't even going to notice, you know, they're going to find one and stick to that one. And then if they do notice, yes, again, no one is like shocked and horrified. Like, I thought she said she taught life coaches. What is she doing with those career coaches? You know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The Revolutionary Club is to help people uh, in their careers. And yeah, so it's not, it's not always a crossover. Very few people are aware of both. Mm -hmm. And yet they both exist. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So I want to get into something we like to call the lightning round, which is how we end every episode. It's the sweet part, our lightning round of chocolatey goodness. And today's lightning round is, is brought to us by Toblerone. For anyone following my blog, I overordered an enormous amount of Toblerone for my husband's birthday <laughs> and um, made him a cake out of Toblerone. And there's so much Toblerone in our house, and I have definitely eaten it way too much of it. But it 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 fuels me. <laughs> Chocolate fuels me. I, I like to pronounce it Toblerone, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> um, so with that. Are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. What was the most expensive thing you spent money on recently for your business? Um, Paying software developers, they're very expensive. What is the best thing you spent money on recently for your business? I bought a Pinterest ebook for $25 and it was great. Name one thing you feel like you've wasted money on for your business. Ads. What is your favorite dessert? Cheesecake. What is your favorite book in your niche? Uh, The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. What is the last book that you've read? Einstein's Dreams by Alan Lightman. What takes the most time out of your workday? I do a lot of context switching and a lot of different things, so I have no answer. Fair enough. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? I'm not a big chocolate person. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, I felt that. So white chocolate, <laughs> delicious or an abomination? It's the same. I don't hate chocolate, but I just, I'm never choosing yeah. it. You know, I'm, I'm always choosing sour. The candy. correct answer is abomination. If you were. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. I'm still, you guys, I'm still recovering from this. I don't eat chocolate answer <laughs> that I'm like, my brain just broke. I don't understand. <sighs> I need to take a moment. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. I want to circle back. You, Uh, You said one of the things you wasted money on recently in your business is ads. And a lot of new coaches rush to spend money on ads because there's a lot of Facebook ads Mm. telling you you should spend money on ads. I've written an extremely grumpy article on why I don't think you should spend money on ads (laughs) as a new coach. But I'd be curious as someone who's, you know, in a totally different business modality right now, why did you say you've wasted money on ads? So I love messing around with ads. I think it's so much fun, Um, which, you know, I think a lot of coaches feel the same way. And I think they're so exciting because you're like, whoa, I can reach thousands of people that would not have found me through another channel, which is what's really cool about ads. But it's, I have always found it very difficult to actually connect ads with conversions, you know, people opting in, in my case with Paperbell, it's people signing up for a free account. So I have wasted just so much money over the years, you know, messing around with ads, trying to find that perfect formula. And at the end of the day, it's always like, uh, I don't, maybe that sort of helped. I've, I've never had an experience with ads where we're like, yes, 
we pay this many dollars and we get this many back every time. Yeah, ads can be really, really tricky. I have an outstanding um, ads team and without them, I would be lost. But one of the things that you have to understand as a coach is ads don't work without a sales funnel and bigger strategic plan. Mm -hmm. Just sending people to a web page does not always get them to buy. You need to have more strategy than that. So tell me more about this book. Can you say the title one more time for everyone listening? Yeah. So it's a business book called The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. And uh, it's actually, it's such a great book for coaches because it's very much like a self-coaching model. So he talks a lot in the book about something he calls thinking time. And one of the reasons why it's such an incredible book is he gives you uh, thinking time questions at the end of every chapter. So these are questions to reflect on in your business. And he's like, just, you know, take 20 minutes, sit down with one of the questions with your journal and just be like, okay, if I had to think of all the different angles for this one question, how would I look at it? Uh, and I also think it's cool because his background is in a lot of like real estate and brick and mortar businesses. And I actually think it's so valuable to get outside your own industry because it just forces your brain to be a little more creative. So he might have a question that you're like, okay, that doesn't apply to me at all. But then if you think, okay, if I had to make this question, apply to me? If I had to think of how this, you know, situation could apply to my business, what would that look like? I think it's so valuable to kind of stretch your brain in that way. Mm, I love that. It is, you learn a lot when you get outside of your industry and start seeing what other people are doing. I love that. That's a great book and a great reference. Thank you for sharing. And your personal read, I'm curious about that too. Tell us a little bit more about that book. It's such a weird book. So I'm a big reader. Um, and this is the book that I'm reading right now. And I should have picked a different one because it's really hard to describe. I was trying to describe it to my husband. And I'm like, it's sort of like stories, but they're not stories. And they're like essays. And they're supposed to be like Einstein's dreams about time, but it's fictional. So I'll just leave it at that for the description. It is very interesting. And it does, like we were talking about the brain stretching, it makes you just sort of consider the world a new And ways. say the title one more time. Einstein's Dreams by Alan Lightman. Well, tell me and tell everyone listening, how can people find you and Paperbell if they, especially if they need help with um, that type of thing in their business with scheduling, invoicing, and everything else that Paperbell does? So yeah, Paperbell is a tool for coaches to manage your payments and your scheduling and your client admin and your contract signing, basically the whole kind of business backend of your business in one place. And you can find it at paperbell.com, uh, buy Paperbell on most of the social medias. And if you look up my name on the internet, you will find me in all the places. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So that is paperbell.com for everyone interested in checking it out. There's also a blog and some other fun stuff there too, if you want to go learn. And with that, I want to say thank you so much for being with us, Laura. It, this is a great interview. I'm so glad we were able to connect. Thank you. All right, earlier in this episode, I promised a surprise. So keep listening to find out how you can win thousands of dollars of help for free for your coaching business. As we close out, I hope something that you heard in this episode helps you on your path to paying clients. And remember that you aren't just a coach, you are also a business owner. So please get the business training that you need so you can land the clients you so richly deserve. And 
If you'd like free business training through Coach Pony, as well as a free lifetime subscription to Paperbell, then head on over to coachpony.com. We are doing a huge giveaway to celebrate the launch of this podcast during the month of April. And you don't want to miss out because we never give stuff like this away. So go to coachpony.com or one of our prizes involves $2,000 worth of free business training and a lifetime free paper bell subscription. It's all on coachpony.com. And with that, I'll see you next time.